Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! Good morning, podcast listeners. My name is Hannah, and today I will be discussing Psalm chapter 8 and trying to answer the question of why I think Pat picked this particular passage to go with this week's scripture, which is Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 32. So just a quick recap of Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 32. Paul is basically describing humanity and how it has gone completely off the rails in sinfulness and wickedness, despite God making himself clearly known to them, as well as his righteous decrees and how, despite this knowledge of God and of what is right and wrong, people still have decided to go their own way to rebel and have just fallen deeper and deeper into sin and wickedness. And God has given them over to their sins. So I just want, I won't read the whole thing, but I do want to read just a few key verses in this passage that further describe this. Um, So verses 19 to 20 say, Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. In verse 21, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. In verse 28, Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so so that they do what ought not to be done. And then in verse 30, um, this is just one of the, there's a long list of all sorts of sins that the people are committing, and the one that stood out to me was just in the middle of verse 30, which says they invent new ways of doing evil. And then verse 32, although they knew, although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. So this is humanity without faith in God. And Pat picked Psalm chapter 8 to go along with this passage. And I had a couple of thoughts. I think one possible reason why she might have picked this passage is because it also talks about how God can be seen in all of creation. In verse 1, it says, You have set your glory in the heavens. Verse 3, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. And verse 1 and 9, which are the same, they repeat, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So the physical earth around us testifies about God. And in verse 2, it says, Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. And in Matthew chapter 21, verses 15 to 16, this passage is referenced. And the context is Palm Sunday, where Jesus comes into Jerusalem and the crowds are welcoming Jesus and shouting Hosanna. And I'll just read verses 15 to 16, which say, when, But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he, Jesus, did, and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read? And this is where he's quoting. From the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise. So even through children and infants, God has made himself plainly known. So we are without excuse because God has made himself plainly known to us. He is not hiding. 
The evidence is all around us, should we choose to accept it. What I think this shows us is that we believe what we want to believe. It doesn't matter how much evidence we are given if we are not willing to follow it wherever it may go, even if it's somewhere we don't want it to go. God has given us everything we need to believe in him. All of creation, the children around us, he has given us the Bible in which he has told us plainly the truth about who we are and who God is and what God has done for us and how we can have a relationship with him. And so how can we apply this? What does this mean for us? Well, if you are not a believer, I think it is a good idea to do some self-reflection on your heart posture when it comes to seeking God, and if you have already made up your mind or not on what you believe, and if you are actually willing to change your mind given the evidence you are presented with, or if you are just looking for ways to justify your already made up mind. Are you willing to believe something if it's the truth, even if it's something you might not like or even disagree with? And then if you are a believer, have you ever prayed to God and gotten an answer but questioned it because you didn't like the answer? This is, of course, assuming you've already waited against scripture to make sure it's in line with God's character and the things he's already said. Or have you ever felt God convicting you of something or warning you before you do something that you shouldn't, but then you just ignored that still small voice and pretended you didn't hear him because if you did acknowledge that still small voice, you would have to listen to it. I know I have. We are a stubborn people, humanity, and while there is some level of our responsibility to believe in God and to follow him in his ways, we are not left to do this all on our own. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 to 27, God says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. God may have given us over to our sins for a time, but he did not leave us there. This brings me to my second thought of how I think Psalm 8 is connected to our passage in Romans, which is verse 4, which says, and I'll actually start in verse 3. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? So what are we in comparison to all of creation that God would care for us? Not only are we so small and seemingly insignificant compared to the entire created universe around us, but in connection with this Romans passage, what are we sinful and wicked people that, we, that God would be mindful of us and would care for us? That he would send us his only begotten son, Jesus. That although God was mindful of, of us and cared for us, we rejected him. As Isaiah 53, 3 says about Jesus, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Even though we rejected him, he sacrificed himself for us so that we could be forgiven of all of our sins and be made right with God again. He rose from the dead so that we could have everlasting life with him and he sent us his Holy Spirit to live inside us and to help us. He replaced our heart of stone, our stubborn hearts, and has given us a heart of flesh. The question in verse 4 of Psalm 8 is a rhetorical one, because there is absolutely nothing we have done to deserve God's love and care for us, for him to be mindful of us. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love and mercy and grace towards us. We All we have ever done was hurt you. 
but you still decided to love us. Teach us to love you the way you have loved us and to love others the same way. Jesus, you said in John chapter 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So help us, Jesus, to remain in you as you remain in us. Would you stir up the fruits of the Holy Spirit that is within us, the fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen.